You don't have to scare us half to death. Hmm, not as tough as you thought, huh, Spike? A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. When I was in college, I taught Sunday school for a group of two and three-year-olds at my church. And I loved it. I love that age. They are so earnest and adorable. I remember my very first week. I joined in for the larger group time where we sang together. And then we divided into our little classrooms. Each one of us was given a clipboard with our little listed names. My group followed me to our class. We got in our room. I shut the door. We all gathered together in a circle on the floor. I picked up my clipboard and told them, I'm going to read a name. And if it's your name, you can raise your hand or you can stand up or you can say, that's me. And you can say, that's me in any voice you want. You could whisper it. That's me. You could use an accent. That's me. Or you could even shout it if you want to. And we began. Ashley, David, Peter, Sarah. And I started checking off their names. It was fun to see who chose to stand who chose to yell, who chose an accent, who barely lifted their hands as they glanced around the room. I started getting a feel for what my class would be like. I finished all the names, but I still had one little boy to my right who never responded to any of them. I'd read them all. There were a few I read that nobody responded to, so I knew some kids were missing, but I thought, well, maybe he didn't hear. So I looked back at the list and I tried out a few of those. Are you Daniel? I asked this little guy. He shook his head. Are you Robert? He's still like, nope. Are you Tyler? Nope. So I look at him. Are you Steven? He paused for a little bit and he's like, well, yeah, but you can call me Spike. I said, okay, Spike, I can do that. So then I said, Spike. He's like, that's me. <laughs> Years later, I remember our son Danny wanted to switch his name for like a week. He wanted to be called Scott because he had watched some video with a kid named Scott in it. And he thought that was great. So he wanted to be called Scott. So we were like, Hey, Scott, time for bed, Scott. Are you hungry, Scott? Do you have to go potty, Scott? Because I thought, well, maybe if we overused it, he might get tired of it and go back to Danny. And sure enough, that happened. So Spike, on the other hand, was very serious about this. So I obliged. Each week, we'd start our time together the same way. Pretty soon, the raised hands were turned into that's me's some were louder than others. The loudest of all was Spike. One week, we were set to study the story about when Jesus calmed the storm. I thought it would be fun to act it out. So before class started, I had gone into my room and mapped out like a boat on the floor in masking tape. So kids came in and I told them that we were going to be um, reading this story and that we were going to act it out together. I counted the kids and I'm not kidding. I had 12. Like, oh my goodness, I signed each kid a disciple's name. And then I was going to be Jesus, but no typecasting. It's just, I was tallest. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you're Peter, you're Andrew, James, I pointed in John, and you'll be Philip, and 
Thaddeus and Thomas. You're going to be the other James. You're Nathaniel. You'll be Thaddeus's brother, Simon, and Matthew. I wonder, did you want to be Matthew or do you want to pretend me? Well, pretend one. Okay. Then, Tyler, how about you be Matthew? And then Matthew, that means you can be Judas Iscariot. Um, so with the 12 kids, 12 disciples, me playing the part of Jesus, we are finally a fully cast show. I told each one of the kids to find a place in the boat. And then I began reading Luke 8, 22 to 25. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. Okay, we're already in the boat. I'm like, okay, perfect. Yep. And as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. You're not asleep. You're reading. Okay, but let's just pretend. Okay, let's imagine that happened. A big storm came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. Does anyone know what swamped means? It means it was getting filled with water. Tons of water was coming in and they were in great danger. They were in danger of their boat sinking. The disciples were terrified in this storm and they woke up Jesus saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown you. When I was at this point, I was flashing the lights to make lightning and I was booming in between my words, boom, boom, to just emphasize this big storm. When I paused for a second, I heard someone crying. So I quickly flipped all the lights on, kind of looked the disciples over while I continued the story, trying to figure out who's crying. Then Jesus got up and said, hey, waters and winds, stop. And the storm was over and everything was calm. And Jesus asked the disciples, where's your faith? Can I just say for a second, a little aside here that Jesus wasn't yelling at them for panicking. He wasn't like, what's your problem, dude? Where's your faith? His question was more like, hey, where's your faith? Who are you going to place your faith in? Where's your faith going to land? And of course, was suggesting it should be on him. I continued my reading as I walked around toward the crying three-year-old. In fear and amazement, the disciples asked one another, who is this? Can you kids say that? Who is this? And they all say, who is this? The disciples also said, the winds and the water obey him. Can you say that? And while many were saying, the winds and the water obey them, Spike was saying through his tears, there wasn't even any real water. You don't have to try to scare us half to death. I sat down next to him. I told him he was a very good method actor. I said, I think you're acting just like the disciples would have. So this is perfect. And then as I helped him blow his nose, I told him, here's something else that's really good news. Jesus is able not only to help the disciples not to be afraid, but Jesus can help us too. Because if Jesus can say to the wind and water, stop and it listens, what else could Jesus possibly do? Eventually he stopped crying. And I thought this might be a good time to hand out our Nilla wafers and drink a little juice. And so we did. Got ourselves together. We ate in our boat. and then. We followed this with a quick trip to the bathroom, as always. I lined up my little disciples by the door and I said, okay, we're going to walk super quietly to the bathroom. Boys, I need you to line up on this side. And girls, you line up over here. And one little boy said, which ones of us is a boy? And which ones of us is a girls? So I said, you're a boy. He's a boy. She's a girl. Until I had everybody in their lines. As we walked to the bathroom, one of the little boys asked if he could stand on someone's feet so he could reach better like he does with his dad. But I shut that down. Then I shut down the discussions also about that followed about body parts as well. I will say this, though. 
I decided then and there that I was going to do things differently with my kids. I was going to tell them the real names of their body parts so that in situations like this, they wouldn't sound quite so ignorant. And eventually that time came. And this begins my series of unfortunate conversations. Kenny and Danny were 20 months old when Greta was born. It's like a little over a year and a half, right? It was super fun for them to have a baby around. They loved having this little baby sister. They would take turns sitting next to her on the couch, giving her a blanket, feeding her a bottle, handing her toys that were way beyond her ability, like plastic trumpets and wooden cars. And when they finally stopped trying to poke her eyes out, it was I could actually just turn around for a moment and, and get something done. They were quite enthralled at the very beginning when they saw their little sister's belly button. They watched me as I cleaned her up just as the doctor ordered, and eventually they saw her little belly button emerge as the umbilical cord fell off. It was an exciting day in the king's house. They had wanted to know all the time if this was going to ever happen. They wanted to know what it was going to look like, and they were thrilled when they saw, oh, it looks just like ours. And a few days passed. Now, please bear with me here. I want to talk about this less than you want to hear about it. Trust me. But if I'm going to get to number three in this series of unfortunate conversations, I have got to start with number one, literally. A few days passed and I was changing everybody's diapers. I used to line them up and change them in a quick little assembly line. Usually once the boys were done, they'd go off to play. This time, however, as I moved on to the baby girl, I could hear whispering behind me. One said, Uh-oh, it's all gone. The other said, maybe it fell off like her belly button did. The other brother said, what is she going to do now? I figured out what was going on as I overheard them. And then I told them, hmm, there's a difference between boys and girls, and these boys and girls will grow up to be men and women. And I proceeded to give them the correct words for boys' parts and girls' parts. I told him it was important to know these things so we can tell the doctor about our bodies and what's hurting or what's not. I said, sometimes people don't say the right words for these body parts. They make up silly words because maybe they think it's embarrassing. But I said, we're not going to do that. We're going to use the real words because there's nothing wrong with them. Then they proceeded to name people they knew of all various ages and stages in life. And they started to identify them and said which body part they had based on their newly acquired knowledge of who were the boys and who were the girls. I decided to ignore this conversation thinking it's going to be better than making a big deal about it and maybe it will stop. And eventually it did. Lest you think there's no lesson here, there for sure is. One that will evolve as we follow this conversation over the next few weeks, and one that we can talk about now. Let's talk about body parts. It's important to know what they are in ourselves, but also, spiritually speaking, it's important to be familiar with them in the church as well. I'm going to read a bit from 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 4. In this chapter, Paul is telling the followers of Jesus that meet together at Corinth about the importance of each person in their group, each person in their church that has gathered. He wants them to know that every member has something to contribute, which has been given to them by the Holy Spirit. He wants them to see that their giftings are nothing they earned or requested. It's not like they wrote some Christmas list and allowed for God to choose one or two things off of it. It wasn't a Christmas list at all. It's more like a Christian list. Well, that was kind of dumb. 
<laughs> you know what I mean, right? Okay. It, they, as they came to Christ, they were given this list of gifts to them. That's exactly what they are, gifts. This passage is going to show us what these gifts look like. There's other passages as well, which we'll talk about later. These gifts passages will inform us in two ways. First, it will emphasize that we are part of others. We're not just lone believers. Secondly, this passage will hopefully spur us on to use our gifts in serving others for the glory of God. Let me quit talking now for, and read for a bit, starting at verse 4. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. So when we serve, the Lord is the master, the different ministries, but we're all serving the same Lord. And now I keep reading. There are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. Paul goes on in this context then, knowing the Spirit is given different gifts for the building up of the body, Paul uses the following illustration. And I'm going to continue to read here. Paul says, starting at verse 12, for just as the body is one in as many parts, meaning the physical body, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but it's many parts. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. Those parts of the body that we might consider less honorable, we clothe with greater honor and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church as apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? 
Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Desire the greater gifts. And I'm going to show you an even better way. And then Paul goes on. We're not going to read it right now, but it would be really great if you did. First Corinthians 13 is this greater way. Do this all in love. We use the gifts the spirit gives us and we use them in love. What good would it be to have these gifts if we didn't do it in love? You just be like a clanging symbol. That's how first Corinthians 13 goes on. But what do we read when we read this passage that we just finished? Let me suggest a few things. First, when one member of our body, our local church body, or the greater church body, when we think of the whole of the body of believers, when one member suffers, we all suffer. It affects us all. When one rejoices, we can all rejoice. Unfortunately, if we have a different mindset, if we don't think of all of us as one body working for one Lord, we sometimes have a different mindset and you might start to hear about somebody who's um, rejoicing when somebody else is mourning. Oh, they finally got what they deserved. Or we might see people mourning when others are rejoicing. Ugh, how can they always get whatever they want? I want that. I need it. I need. I need. I need. Isn't that a line from a movie? What I need. Maybe it's what about Bob? I think so. I'm not sure. Okay. But what else? Sorry, coming back. What else do we learn? There are no gifts that are greater than others. Did you catch that? God has put the body together. So God did this. He gives greater honor to those less honorable. God's the giver of honor. And he, if he gives honor to all the parts, all are equally honorable. So there's no division. So members should have concern for each other. So what do we do about this? Know your body. Figure out the right names for the body parts. <laughs> you're this, you're this. We need you. We need encouragers. We need teachers. We need preachers. We need administrators. There are lots of resources, in fact, to help you figure this out. First and foremost, of course, is the word of God itself. You can find a list of the gifts in the following passages. Romans 12, I won't give you each verse because you won't remember all the verses, but look up these chapters. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Then Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. Then read those passages and pray. Ask God to show you what he has placed in you as a gift. Next, Ask someone else who knows you well what they think your gift or gifts might be. Finally, find out what you do in the church or for others that comes easily to you or brings you great joy. God works like that. He allows us to find joy while we use the gifts he's given us to serve him. In fact, many people tell me they discovered their gifts when people kept thanking them for things that came easily to them. They said, it I almost feel guilty hearing people say thank you because it was just so natural for me. Exactly. If by natural, you mean supernatural. Each one, each one of us, you, my friend, are an important part of the body of Christ. Find out what you are. Find out what God has gifted you to do. Then do your toe thing or your elbow thing or your mouth thing or your ear thing or your whatever thing. Do it for the good of others and also for the glory of God. <laughs>